Hello, I'm Allie. And I'm Abdullah. And you are listening to another episode of Talking Tank. Yeah, on this podcast, Allie and I, who are a real-life human couple... It's true. ...and are Shark Tank addicts, or as we like to call ourselves, tank heads. Or stank heads for fun. Or stank heads for fun. For long. Uh, And on this show, we review the stuff that we see on Shark Tank that we think looks interesting and find out through personal use if it's really worth the deal. Isn't that right, Allie? That's right. And it's also just a low-key way for us to not feel weird about spending a lot of money on items we saw on television. Yes, we know that a lot of people in the world are doing this. There's literally like a massive economy of people who just buy shit from Shark Tank because they saw it right in front of them, you know? We're the ones who do it and... Tell ourselves it's for a podcast. Yeah, that's right. We're providing a public service. So, <laughs> uh, right. you know, our Shark Tank indulgences are totally justified. All righty. So uh, we've got a great product today. Uh, Allie, want to tell the people? Yeah, this week we are doing a, a recent product. It was on last season. It is Copper Cow Coffee. It's a pour over coffee that you can take on the go with you. So without further ado, have a listen. Yeah. Wow, that was very good. All right, so this week we are going to be reviewing Copper Cow Coffee's Vietnamese coffee pour-over set. This was from the finale of season 12. So, Allie, what did you think about the pitch? This is a really interesting one. So the owner of this company, her name is Debbie. She does not give us her last name. I am choosing to read into that. Uh, Debbie. <laughs> She's just Debbie. Like What are Cher. you hiding? Yeah. yeah. What are you hiding, Debbie? <laughs> Debbie is a Vietnamese American. Her parents are immigrants. She went to Berkeley and MIT. Seems like a very ah, smart lady. Smarty pants. And uh, she came on the show asking $600,000 for 4% of her company. Now, this is one of those cases, and I'd love to know your thoughts on this. It it always makes me a little bit sad when you come to learn that the entrepreneur no longer has controlling interest in their company anymore. She only has 40% of her company, which you see a lot when they come offering a very small amount of equity. Yeah, and asking for a lot of money. Typically, you know, the sharks like to be investors at a certain phase, not too early, but not also so late that they've already done like rounds of of fundraising, uh, you know, and they've given away pieces of their company to other you know, non-televised sharks out there, yeah, right? Yeah, quote unquote investors. Yeah, we hear, we hear terms uh, like seed round, angel investors, all these terms that, as people who don't know anything about business but Nothing. are experts in Shark Tank, mm-hmm. make me feel like I really know my stuff. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's interesting actually. Sometimes when someone comes in and is like, "Oh, here's two percent of my company for half a million dollars," they go through the same conversation. We've raised a lot of money, but then a shark ends up biting because they're like, "Oh, I could actually make." some money even off two to four percent or whatever right but very often when they hear that valuation they ask the question did you raise a bunch of money and they're kind of like eh, not as interested generally and i think that's kind of what happened here right yeah although she does end up getting a deal with robert Mm -hmm. well more on that later yeah but at at the end of the episode she goes with robert for eight percent which leaves her now i'm i'm not a math genius but that means she now owns 32 percent of her company 
Yeah. Which is very, very low. Yeah, it's like less than a third of your company, as Mr. Wonderful says in the pitch, you've lost control of your company, which is a horrible way of putting it. Now, a couple of things just on the product itself. We haven't tried it yet, but I will say um, I am a a real coffee person, you know. You Um, are. And you've converted me into a coffee person as well. Yes, I've converted him to coffee and cats, my two greatest loves, which Mm -hmm. um, honestly my life's work is done. But more on that later. (laughs) And mine. (laughs) Um, Now, this does, before we've even tried it, I do think this is a very cool product. For example, um, when I go to like a hotel room that has the terrible like it looks like a coffee tea bag you put in a coffee maker it always makes terrible coffee so Mm. the thought of something that's kind of a more portable way to get good coffee is very appealing to me this also reminds me of um so abdullah and i in the pandemic spent a large amount of money on camping gear that we have used a sum total of zero times (laughs) but if and when we ever decide to camp for real this would be a great thing to have camping i could imagine again if it's good we haven't tried it yet I will also say I don't personally love very sweet coffee on the regular, but when I do get like a Thai iced tea or a Vietnamese coffee, I recognize that it's objectively delicious. Yeah, of course. And if we are talking about a type of coffee that is extremely sweet, it comes up in the pitch as well. Robert's like, why is this so sweet? And it's like, well, that's the way that coffee gets drunk there. I personally like it. I still sweeten my coffee. Uh, You know, Vietnamese coffee is, of course, like, extremely sweet you know as a relatively new coffee drinker the thing that i notice about this is that you don't need any equipment uh, this, there's always a learning curve when it comes to coffee equipment that's a very good point yeah right so like you know when i first learned to use the french press right i would always either put too much water or too little or there's too many grounds or whatever and 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 you really have to like sort of figure it out And people who drink coffee forever, their whole lives, they don't realize that it's actually kind of difficult to figure out how to do it. You know, here we have a Quarig, right? Which makes it very, very easy. Yeah, but but that's not my preferred method. That's just what we have here in the location we're recording this in. It's because it was a rental house at one point. Anyway, doesn't matter. But I will say as a coffee snob at our like more permanent home, I have an AeroPress, I have a Chemex, I have a French press. And that is kind of for people who don't want to deal with all of that. This is a great option. You're right. It's more expensive. Yeah. It's $15 for a box of five cups. So that's $3 a cup, but that's still cheaper than egregiously overpriced coffee places where we live in Los Angeles. Yeah, exactly. Because if you go out, you're going to spend five, six, seven dollars on a cup of coffee. It's actually insane. Sometimes when I buy two cups of coffee and I'm paying double digits of dollar prices, I'm shook. Yeah. So... The other thing about this, though, is waste, okay? So, you know, we're talking about Aquarig. Mm. We live in a time where we're trying to reduce the amount of paper, plastic waste that we're generating, right? And this thing is wasteful. Every time you make a cup of coffee, you're going to be using another plastic packet. You're going to be using more cardboard. You're going to be doing all that. Obviously, if you're using your home coffee maker, it's not wasteful. You're not generating any trash. And I will say, too... This to me, and again, if I like the product, but this to me seems like something I would use in a specific situation, but it would never be my go-to thing. Only because, like you said, waste. Um, Like, if I'm at home, I think I pretty much, to me, the pour-over, like the classic Chemex pour-over, brews the best coffee in my mind, but Mm -hmm. 
I can't take that everywhere. So if this is good, then that seems like a good option to that, but it wouldn't be my first choice as a coffee snob, which I guess I, you know what? I'm not a coffee snob. I like a cheap cup. I like a diner coffee, but I, uh, but you I know your coffee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, I do want to mention one thing too, which I thought was very funny is that uh, in the pitch, Lori goes, I only like very weak coffee. Yeah, you're kind of lady, huh? Well, no, no, no. I was just like, huh, that's just such a funny thing to, like, say. Yeah, it is. Very weak coffee. I mean, I guess she's the type of person maybe who wants to drink, like, four or five cups of very weak coffee like you would at a diner. You right. know what I mean? Um, I think that just by nature of drinking coffee in L.A. where there's a lot of cold brew and that's sort of what's in vogue, I think we probably have a higher caffeine tolerance than we did in a while. Either way, it is really caffeinated stuff. Vietnamese coffee is like, you know, it's like some dark, deep, like, you know, really uh, full-bodied coffee. And then you cut that bitterness with extreme amounts of sweetness, right? Which comes through sweetened and condensed milk. Another thing I want to note here is that this is actually something that's conveniently shelf-stable, right? Because, of course, you don't need milk, right, that could expire. You have this dehydrated milk that sits in that pouch or sits in a can and lasts a very, very long time. Yeah, and every other aspect of this is totally shelf-stable. So, I mean, that's one thing that I think is great. Of course, for anybody out there wondering, you can totally just go buy a can of sweetened condensed milk and, you know, make Vietnamese coffee at home. But of course, this puts it all in one place for you. It's one convenient package. And I think a lot of people in America are not necessarily familiar with Vietnamese style coffee. So this is like, you know, introducing it. And furthermore, Damon John has to explain it to Robert Hershevec. Although Robert ends up being the one who invests and Damon, I'm gonna go on that in oh, a minute. Yeah. But Damon has to explain to, Damon's like, okay, well, okay, I was just in Vietnam. I waited two hours in line to get a Vietnamese coffee from some special place. And Robert's like, wait, what? Wait, that's how they drink coffee in Vietnam? I'm like, you don't have to have been to Vietnam to know that this is how they, have you not eaten at a Vietnamese restaurant? Yeah, seriously, Damon's like, Robert, you uncultured swine. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He has to like really break it down for him. So I do need to mention here though. So we mentioned on the last episode and, and something we talk about a lot in general is how funny and off the cuff, like hilarious Damon John can be. But this episode was a bit of a twist on that because, mm. okay, so some, I, I like to think that for every shark, there's like kind of a trigger that sets them off. For Mark Cuban, and I'm sure we'll come up on this soon, it's when he senses the idea of like snake oil. Yeah. Unfounded health claims. That's Mark Cuban's. Hates it. And it turns out Damon like went off on this investor and what I thought was slightly unfair because mm. what happened is she, it's revealed that her company has been losing money um, and that though she, the company has like over a million dollars in the bank, she's actually losing around $700,000 a year, which from what I know, uh, not about business, but about Shark Tank is quite common in the tech world. Right. Um, and Damon, I thought it was unfair. He spins this as like, you have a, a, over a million dollars in the bank and during this time of year, you're coming here asking for more money when people would just be happy to have a job. And he and, and the other sharks do come after him for that, telling him that's unfair. In fact, I think Mark even called him out for being a socialist. Yeah, Mark was like, that's socialism, that's Marxism. And, you know, to explain what Damon is saying, right? And I think also it's worth noting that this is taped in August of 2020. This is pre-vaccine, mid-pandemic. People are freaking out. 
I'm sure that that's what was spilling over a little bit for Damon was, you know, that sort of exasperation because it was a really dire time for a lot of people, right? But his point was, you're out here burning all this money, millions of dollars, and you're out here asking for more at a time where people would just be thankful for their jobs. I think that while I appreciate his sentiment there, it's comparing apples and oranges. Damon is also sitting there as a baller, multimillionaire guy. You would say to him, how about you? You have millions of dollars, multiple houses. Why don't you give away money to someone else, right? So I, I do think it was a weirdly placed sentiment. And I think when Mark jumps in and he's like, that's socialism, that's Marxism. First of all, especially at that time, those were weird loaded words. If you actually understand socialism, read the Communist Manifesto, understand Marx a little bit, you'll realize that it's not this like, oh, evil, dark. It's just like, it felt like Mark using kind of current buzzwords that conservatives use to, to malign leftism, which I didn't like. I love Mark Cuban. That I felt was weird because it's like to be like, blah, 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 socialism, Marxism, without actually understanding what it is. Sure, but I also think that it was a weird tangent because Damon did not really have a point there, right? And and furthermore, I think you're right in that everyone just seemed a little activated pro and yeah. heated, probably due to shooting at a very heightened time in the pandemic. Yeah. And I will say, Debbie, no last name, you handled that very well. Hmm. Uh, Damon said, you know, what are you doing to give back? And she was like, you know what, Damon, that's a really good point. Hmm. She didn't like get defensive or turn it around on him. I thought she handled that very well. And actually, I thought she was, I really liked her. Yes, she was very poised. She's yeah. a good business person. She was thorough. She answered all the questions. She was straightforward. I think a lot of times the worst quality you can have when doing your pitch is trying to bury your failures through a bunch of buzzwords. And man, the sharks smell that like blood in the water, if you will allow me, right? And they go right for it and they're like, you're full of shit. You know, Mark is the, always the first one in that sort of pitchfork campaign that's like, you're full of shit, you're hiding something, right? She was very straightforward. She was the real deal, you know, which is what, of course, Robert called her at the end. And I think that it shows a lot of times on this show, they're investing in the people more than the business. I think the business has to be reasonably good and has to show that it's not a, a total clunker. But if the person is cool, if the person is interesting, I mean, we just saw an episode recently for like an educational product that we're never gonna cover where the business was not doing that well, but they got a deal because they were just very, very charming and they seemed like, oh, the real deal, right? So absolutely, I do think Debbie was the real deal in that sense. And so Debbie ends up uh, hang on one second, I'm gonna turn off our air conditioning. Yeah, thank you. All right, so then we just basically sat there for like five minutes because that's how long it takes for the AC to shut off. Why does it take five minutes? It should just shut off when you click off. Okay, so Debbie ultimately ends up going with Robert. Uh, she came in asking 600,000 for 4%. She ultimately goes with Robert for 600 for 8%. Uh, and it seems like a happily ever after kind of story. However, we learned when we went to rewatch the pitch this morning that it actually does not have such a rosy ending and that the deal actually fell apart. Yeah, that's right. So we saw a YouTube video uh, from a show called Startup to Storefront in which they're interviewing Debbie. And this is after the fact. So it turns out that despite the fact that they made the deal in the room, the deal never actually went through. 
And she basically says she was sitting around waiting for them. The negotiation was very long and her company was doing really well and gaining value the whole time. So she felt locked into this lower valuation and then eventually just walked away from it. She also said something interesting that I had not heard before that she feels like the Sharks camp was waiting to see if the episode would air or not before actually closing the investment. And that bothers me because it tells me that you know, a lot of times they'll accuse a person pitching of, oh, just being here for the ad. But as it turns out, the shark wants the ad just as bad because if they don't have that bump from Shark Tank, which is a huge bump, this is a massive TV show, a lot of people will say it always causes a spike in sales, right? But it's disconcerting that without that bump, Robert doesn't feel confident in his investment. I will say this kind of broke my heart because I watch this show and I just gobble it up with a lot of like innocence and good intentions. Mm. Like, oh, that the the way they market it, like this is the American dream is very effective to me as a viewer. So to think that a deal wouldn't close unless the episode aired and not because he just loved the product regardless of if it aired, kind of messed me up. Yeah, definitely. And it's a bummer. You know, look, you're watching the show, you see somebody make a deal, you're like, yeah. And in the back of your mind, maybe you're like, huh, I wonder if it goes through. You see that little disclaimer up top and before the show, it says the sharks are investing with their own money. No deals are actually being made in the room. You know, it, it, it happens later. They have to be vetted. I have heard of deals that fell apart after the fact because perhaps the owner of the company or the entrepreneur presented their finances incorrectly or something like that. So I think there are two sides to every story. Yeah. We don't know exactly what happened. Maybe Debbie said something in this interview that was just her side of the story. We don't know. And unless Robert, you want to come on the podcast? Wow. Wouldn't Anytime, that be a treat? Yeah. Uh, unless Robert wants to come on and share his side of the story, we're not going to know. So as a hardcore tank head, I'm just going to not ever know and I'm going to have to be okay with that and I'm just going to assume that it was not nefarious. Yeah, exactly. Look, we very often on the show see updates of companies that are doing very well. So we know that there are companies that go through with their deals and it all goes swimmingly and it's fantastic. But of course, I'm sure that Shark Tank does not want to give you updates on deals that fell through, right? Even though sometimes, to Shark Tank's credit, they do show companies that have not gotten deals with an update saying, oh, we're actually doing very well despite the fact that we didn't ring get a deal. Ring camera. Yeah, like ring camera, which yeah. did not get a deal, which is crazy because it's yeah, ubiquitous. Yeah, ring doorbell. Yeah, whatever it's called. Whatever it's called. I will also say one last thing, that Debbie on this uh, interview that was after Shark Tank, she also, she talks about the Shark Tank bump and that it was actually bigger than she thought, mm -hmm. but that it really mostly came from Amazon and that there's a specific type of consumer that when they watch that show they just immediately go to amazon and i was and she kind of felt like it was a slight insult yeah it seemed like oh these are just the people who are you know instantaneously gonna order whatever they see demoed on shark tank um yeah i mean look we're guilty of that we see stuff on there that we're like oh we want that or you know that's interesting or now something that we want for talking tank so you know i feel like we have a better excuse than most the truth is as a consumer if i were to go to the copper cow website i don't know how fast the shipping is i don't know how 
much I have to buy for it to be free shipping. So there is just that ease with Amazon. For better, for worse, it is what it is. And so I get that. Yeah, look, people are uncomfortable with, you know, feeding a giant, like, multi-trillion dollar company instead of going straight through the website of the proprietor. But the fact remains, it's very, very hard to beat the two-day shipping. Look, that is just a, a fact of life. The pandemic has made that worse, you know, has sort of, uh, you know, uh, exacerbated that for everyone. But that is just where we're at. You see something on TV, you see it on Shark Tank, you go on Amazon, you buy it, you maybe forget, and then it shows up a couple of days later. It feels like a gift from a Santa that you are funding. Yeah, exactly. And if they weren't goddamn good at what they did, uh, we wouldn't even be having this conversation, right? So. Yeah. I think that's pretty much everything we've got for the pitch. Definitely a solid one uh, and one that walked away with a deal. But is this coffee up to snuff? All right, so we are going to make the coffee. The the uh, water is boiling right now in the kettle. And uh, let's, you want to? Yeah. All right, let's each do one. Now, I will say this is not, this is going to be my second cup of coffee of the day. This is going to be his first cup of coffee for the day. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so there are little directions here. This, okay, so first of all, this brings up something. I love my boyfriend. My boyfriend loves me. He does not read directions. I don't he read just, directions. He just opened this thing. He just ripped it open and pulled it out. I'm like, look, there's beautifully designed directions right here on the back. Look, I get shit for this all the time in this relationship. And it's true. This is a flaw that I'm working on, right? But I never read the directions for something. I always crack it open. Even if I'm assembling something, you know what I mean? Like, look, if it's Ikea stuff, I look in the directions, but then I get really frustrated with them and I try to do stuff on my own. This is a flaw. I will admit right now it's that an, this is a flaw. It's an endearing flaw. I just want to mention one anecdote, yeah. which is that my boyfriend is a very good cook and Thank he you. loves Asian food. He loves it. But when it comes to cooking, one time he, we, when we first started dating, he goes, I don't know how to make rice. I said, all you gotta do is read the directions. He's like, no, I always get the things wrong. I go, did you read the directions? He goes, no. All you gotta do is read the directions. I know, I look, read. and this is actually, as a Pakistani who grew up in Thailand, it's pretty embarrassing that I don't know how to make rice, right? Which is Feel the most Feel free to basic. cut this out if you don't want to put yourself on board. No, no, I want the people to know. I want to be, you know, I'm, I'm naked here. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping it real. <laughs> but it's true. Okay, so take us through the directions because I'm okay. incapable. Tear, uh, okay, open the bag. Okay, we did that. Tear open the filter. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So what you're gonna wanna do, okay, so we take this out. It is very well designed. They mentioned that a lot in the pitch and I have to say I agree. Yeah, and Debbie said this is a, a technology that's ubiquitous in Japan that there's a green over, which totally makes sense because this is like the most Japanese, like, oh, little, like, somebody thought this out kind of thing. Yes, yes, exactly. And it, look, it looks like a much better version of that terrible hotel coffee tea bag thing I was talking about. This yeah. is much better done and it smells fantastic. It really just does. Just the beans on their own. Okay, so you open it here on the top where it says open. So rip that open. Okay, so we're gonna rip it open. And then there's little like arms on the side of the filter of the bag that little you- Little arms. Little arms and the little arms will go on the on the mug. In the, well, it honestly like looks like um, 
a, like a male gymnast doing the bars and holding itself yeah. up on the on the coffee mug. It does. And you know what's cool about this also, Allie, is this will hook onto any size of mug. That's a great call. Yeah, because look, and, and it's it's very, very thought out. Look, like the tab comes out. This little part over here, there's like a little cardboard flap that goes on the inside of the cup that holds it in place. I really love this design. It is very, very well designed. Brilliant. And so now it says here, you know, maybe we should do it the two different ways, but it says you pour the hot water on top. If you want it Vietnamese style, you fill it two to three times. If you want an American or Americano, you fill it six to eight times. So just, I guess I want a bigger cup of coffee than a smaller. I don't know. What, what do you want? Hmm. Interesting. If you do six to eight, maybe I'll do the less, you know, so it's Vietnamese yeah. style so we can try each one. I just one. want you to have what you want to though. I, honestly, I want a bigger cup of coffee, so maybe Let's I'll just do... both do it the way we would do it. Let's just both do it that way. Great. All right, and actually, you know what? I gotta say that like this looks like fun. Like this actually, does look like fun. Pouring it into the thing, right? Okay, so I'm gonna do it. Go for it. Here's our here. Do you hear that? Yeah. That's our kettle. That's what's been water. in the background this whole time. Okay, so I'm gonna pour it. Ooh, all right, here we go. It smells very good. It does. Should I pour it like over the bag like that? No, not over the bag, but just all the way to the top. Right, but no, so I'm doing it in the right Like that. Way. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Fun. This kind of reminds me of the AeroPress. Yeah. For those fellow snobs out there. So, so Ali, you are keeping it full before it drains all the way Is down. Is that wrong? I'm not sure. I was actually wondering if you're supposed to fill it, let it drain all the way, fill it again. That feels like it would take forever. No, it actually, it, it drains pretty quickly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's going. I will say too, so she says they sell it black as well. They sell boxes of just the coffee with no uh, condensed milk. And then they sell the ones with condensed milk. Now here's where I'm at. As you know, I have a huge sweet tooth, but I don't particularly like sweet drinks. Yeah. So I'm obviously gonna try it for this podcast, but it's, I don't know that I would use it with the condensed milk all that often. Now, but why would I buy this just black when I could very easily make black coffee on my own, unless I love the brew or unless I want something highly portable. Yeah, and also I'm not sure what the specific nature of Vietnamese coffee beans are. Look, it definitely tastes like its own thing. And yeah, I agree. Even as someone who sweetens my coffee, I always do one sugar, right? I'll do one pump or one teaspoon of sugar or a little bit of honey, which is my favorite thing to sweeten with. Uh, but when I have Vietnamese iced coffee or Vietnamese coffee, I gotta have that indulgent sweetness to it. I feel like that's part of the experience. Shout out one of our favorite restaurants in LA, my absolute favorite restaurant in LA, Sap Coffee Shop that does the Thai iced coffee, which is very similar to this in style with the con very condensed good. milk. And it's very good. It is definitely an indulgence. Absolutely. Right? And when you leave there, like you feel cracked out because you've had incredibly salty food and incredibly sweet coffee, but it's worth it. All right. I, yeah, so Joel's going to pour his now. While he's doing that, I yeah, I will mention this, that one packet of this stuff has... 17 grams of sugar, which is a lot. Oof, that's a lot. That's a lot. So, you know, I might start by putting half a packet of mine just because I know my own sweet preference for coffee. Yeah. And see. Maybe you put the full and then we can taste each other. Yeah, I'm going to go the full experience. All right, so, and what I'm doing is I'm just like, so that was one. Here's two. I lost count on mine. I guess I messed up. That's okay. It is really satisfying, I got to say, to actually do this. 
it's it's pretty fun. The design is fantastic, and and again, if and when we go camping, this would be a great thing to have. So yeah, maybe 2022, we're gonna be campers. Yeah, and this is more fun than the Quarig, which Allie is ashamed that we even have in our vicinity. <laughs> Rightfully so. These things are really wasteful. And they're, they're really all they are convenient. Yeah, it's true. Justify, Allie. We Justify all, our query ownership. We also have a Bialetti right here, too, though. We do. Yeah. We do. Actually, it's an off-brand Bialetti I got from the grocery outlet. Wow, you're really, you're like on a, in a, on a deep honesty kick right now. Shame and deep honesty. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like George Washington. <laughs> That's what they're always saying about me. In more ways than one. Here in Palm Springs, we have a uh, huge excess of mugs. So we're using our uh, sort of... Our uh, largest mugs. Yeah, our largest mugs, which have a sort of uh, cave painting, like, you know, uh, vibe to them. Yeah, all right. So I'm, okay, I'm, so I'm going to toss the, the coffee portion now. I'm going to move to the condensed milk. I guess I've, I've made a, quite a big cup of coffee here, so I'm definitely in the American style. Yeah, so that looks like it's probably weaker than normal but also look how strong it is still yeah mmm it smells very yeah. good and so you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna taste a little bit of this condensed milk I'm just gonna pour one more fill up of this uh, little it's kind of a filter. big packet of condensed milk it I is. will say sidebar so I really like to bake which I did a lot of in the pandemic then I gained a lot of weight and I stopped but one of the things I have grown to love to make is a key lime pie. Oh yeah. And when you make a key lime pie, what you learn is it is truly all condensed milk except for mm -hmm. lime. That's why it's so good. And it is goopy as fuck and it is so good. Yeah, okay, so here I'm gonna taste some of this. Oh man, you know, I could eat this stuff on its own. It's like sweet and milky mm. and thick. You know what I, I bet is made with condensed milk now that I'm tasting this on his own? Mm. Do you ever have milk candy as a kid? Yeah, that's, that's totally just like this. That's condensed milk. Yeah. And How also, is that ever good? Yeah, and also uh, I want to give a shout out to my older brother, Amit, who used to eat this stuff straight out of the can. Whoa, yeah. sugar high. Yeah, and the guy has a serious sweet tooth. And I remember as kids, he would be like, ooh, sweetened condensed milk. And he would just like eat it with a spoon. And he really, really loved it. <laughs> this stuff is... You know what? As a kid, though, too, I would when we would go out to restaurants, I would eat the sugar in the raw packets straight too. So I'm also <laughs> disgusting. You're psycho. Okay, okay, so you're gonna go full packet. I guess I'll go full packet. This is a lot, and so again, note to the listener: you can totally just buy cans of sweet cow or whatever other sweetened condensed milk from the grocery store. It has. A, it actually stays pretty long in the fridge, doesn't it? It really does, and you know what? One thing I also really love using for coffee is carnation dehydrated milk, yeah, he which does. is yeah not as thick and not sweetened, but is like really thick milk essentially. I used about two thirds of this packet. Yeah, and you know what? I have like a bunch of like kind of crystallized sugar at the bottom of mine that I'm not gonna squeeze out because oh oh I do too yeah yeah okay. so all right cue coffee stirring audio. Okay, it doesn't make the coffee. Actually, it makes it about the right level of blonde that I like when I put milk in my coffee. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's to your taste. Wow, it's a very attractive cup of coffee. Can I borrow your spoon? Of Thank course. you. All right, so let's see what I got here. Okay, so mine looks like it came out 
a little blonder? No, about no. the same. Mine actually looks kind of blonder. Hmm. Now, now they're now, now truly they exactly the same. the same. Yeah, okay, so go figure. We used the exact <laughs> same package and portion <laughs> ingredients. Okay, so let's give it a stir. Okay. Something else about us, coffee audio. Um, something else about us is that, so this is a hot cup of coffee here. I have a very strange trait in that I like my foods piping hot. Scalding. So I'm gonna go ahead and sip now. Abdullah might need a second. No, no, no. I'm uh, I'm brave. You're keeping uh, up? Here I come. Mm, that's mm, good. That's very good. It's really, really good. Uh, okay, it was a little too hot for me, I will admit, but. <laughs> it's okay, you don't have to be a hero. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're my hero. You're my hero. You heard it here first, food. folks. All right, so. It's very, very tasty. I will say, I think I enjoy this level of sweet and blonde coffee. Iced. iced. I yeah. knew you were gonna Jinx. say iced. I yeah. do too. I think so. Uh, you know, this is really good, but you know, to Lori's point, right? I kind of like drinking hot coffee that's like sort of diner style coffee, weak coffee. Like, like nurse a cup, you yeah. know, have a, maybe a second. Yeah, little bit of creamer, a little bit of sugar. I like it black when I'm having that kind of coffee now. Yeah, Maybe yeah, a you drop do. of milk, mm -hmm. but that's it. But this is really, really tasty, but also I will say this, you could probably add this much sugar to like dirty laundry water and it would taste just as we good. Like, mm, buy it on Shark Tank. Yeah, right? Like this is that thing of, you know, you were just saying yesterday, you know, you worked at this restaurant and you were like, man, how do they make the Brussels sprouts so good here? And you see the, them making it in the back and it's, oh, they use an entire stick of butter. Like if you use this much sugar or this much like, ooh, unhealthy milk. tasties. Yeah. yeah, like it can make anything taste good. It is definitely an experience. I will also say this, you and I live in Los Angeles and you know have access to all kinds of different food from all over the world, right? If you live in the middle of America somewhere in a suburb and you don't have access. In a food access, desert. In a food desert or just a place without any Vietnamese or Thai restaurants, this is pretty cool, you know? And I feel like a lot of Shark Tank's audience is just in the middle of the country. It doesn't have access That's to restaurants true. Like That's true, that's true. And furthermore, I mean, I, have always kind of been an adventurous eater, but even more so once I met you, someone who grew up in Thailand. And so I would say, even if you live in a city, you aren't always uh, branching out from what is your norm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And this is definitely different. It's really good. You know what? In just a few minutes, I'm gonna do what I always do with a cup of coffee and heat up a dab. Little bit of sativa, little bit of gas, little bit of CBD. For those of, of you who don't know cannabis terminology, that's essentially, he's gonna get high. I'm gonna get Before high. Before I met him and I didn't know that much about cannabis, I thought a dab was like a football thing, right? <laughs> I know too little about football is to that confirm a, Guys, wow, well, I feel very ignorant. I feel like football fans are going to be like, what the hell is she talking about? <laughs> or they're going to be like, right, a dab. That's when the quarterback Is it a dance around. move? Yeah, a, a dab is a dance okay, move. Okay, that's what I meant, a dance move. Yeah. Well, boy, I yeah. just seemed way less smart. Oh, this is staying in. This is that <laughs> boy again. No, 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 I'm kidding. It can stay in. <laughs> it can stay in, guys. Um, okay, but yeah, so on a dab the, is a dance move, sort okay. of dated dance move. Right, well. okay. Yeah. So, on the, so I am not mad that we spent our money on this. Um, 
I don't know if I would rebuy it personally because of my own taste. It is objectively yeah. delicious. Uh, the packaging is fantastic. I actually think I I would rebuy the black coffee one for camping. When yeah. and if we camp. Yeah. It's a great it's a great portable cup of coffee. To me, that's the value here. It's yeah. less so much getting the Vietnamese coffee whenever I want. It's having a really good, really easy to make cup of coffee when I don't have my coffee accoutrement. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think it's interesting. This is packaged and priced like something premium. And yet I think it's something utilitarian. I think you're right about the camping angle. And also, you know, Lori points out that this packaging doesn't really communicate that this is a one-off, like, packaged coffee thing. It looks like it's a pour-over set, so there might be something made of glass, something sort of reusable in there, right? So I do think that they have some work to do when it comes to the packaging. And I really think that, yeah, honestly, this is something I'd want to see at, like, REI. A place where we go shopping for stuff that we don't use. Exactly, where we spent a lot of our uh, stimulus check. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. true. Thanks, Uncle Sam. Yeah, and furthermore, uh, one thing I wanted to add on the premium angle is it actually is organic coffee. It says it right here in the ingredients, but it doesn't say anywhere on the front of the box. Yeah, it's true. So I think that, you know, Debbie, no last name, if you do want to um, add that, I, I think it would justify your price a, a, a tiny bit more. Yeah, totally. Also... I'm just gonna throw this out there. I don't think the name is very sticky. Copper Cow Coffee, it's kind of a mouthful. What's the I, copper about? I don't know, that, that's the thing. She never really explains it, I don't understand. Maybe it's the traditional vessel that they make it in or something, but when I'm looking at it, it doesn't jump out at me. There's sort of like this, you know, like symbolic cow with copper and white, and it's it's not the most attractive logo. And, and the name is sort of small and in this very plain font. I actually am not that into the way this is branded. Yeah, I, I like the packaging. I, I see your point, though. I see your point. I actually, I want to ask another dumb question, which is, um, what the fuck is condensed milk? Why, yeah. What's condensed? Like, condensed? Is it, like, reduced? I think so. But obviously, there's sugar added. Yeah, well, this is Reduced sweetened. with sugar. Yeah, well, this is sweetened and condensed milk, right? Condensed milk would be, like, carnation. Oh. Which is actually not sweetened. I've had it with you before. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? So, yeah, basically, now I don't know how this stuff is made, right? But... Hit us up if you do know. Yeah, hit us up if you do know. Uh, but I believe it's just reduced, right, to give it that thickness, right? Mm -hmm, so it's, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, just the milk fat. Now I'm really stepping out of my expertise here. I have no idea People what who know about. or listen to us talk being like, what a bunch of dummies. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, that's fine. Yeah, We that's know cool. we are not experts in this arena. Yeah, if that's what you need us to be for you, you know, to make you feel smart, that's cool. cool. We're right? smart in other ways. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, exactly. People have all kinds of reasons for listening to Talk and Tank, <laughs> and, you know, this might be yours. All right, so I feel like we tested the product for ourselves. Before we go, uh, let's see what other people think of Copper Cow Coffee. Okay, another item, not I, not to be pushing so hard for a sponsor of something I actually use, but this is now our second product that's on Thrive Market. Wow, no kidding. Thrive Market is really up on what's, uh, what's sharky these days. Yeah, it's up on the stank. So I'll look at this, some Thrive reviews. You could look at Amazon reviews. How about that? Okay, first I'd like to throw this out there because it's in my Google results. And there's a lot of stupid questions in the people also ask section of your Google results, right? But I'm gonna tell you the stupidest question in the world. Does Copper Cow Coffee have caffeine? 
What the fuck do you think, sir <laughs> or man or non-binary gentle person? <laughs> Why in the fuck would this coffee, you know, if it was not caffeinated coffee, it would say that. It's like if you had beer, right, with no alcohol in it, you would have to say that up top to be like, hey, this beer is not like beer, right? Yeah, this is not the O'Doul's of pour over Vietnamese coffee. It's not. Okay, I wanna share something with you. Yeah. So on Thrive Market, it's cheaper. So again, Thrive. Feel free to sponsor, because it is cheaper. I already use your product. I've been a Thrive member for a long time. Yeah, send chomps. Send and jalapeno a, chomps. Yes, okay, so um, see, this is interesting. The box on Thrive Market is $11.49, so that's mm. cheaper. And then the, the black coffee is $9, so that's good to know. Now, I we bought just the classic flavor, but they have a flavor that I am so intrigued by. Rose. Lavender. Oh. Now, I, don't, I know this is maybe a subsect of a subsect, but I fucking love a perfumey flavor. I love, ro- I love rose-flavored things. I love lavender-flavored things. So Bergamot, now, yuzu, yes, name it. Yes, saffron, all of these things. So if you are a fellow lavender head, maybe try the lavender latte pour over kit. See, now I'm intrigued enough. I'm actually, okay, guys, tank heads, stank followers, you are hearing it now. We have reviewed this product, the classic, but on uh, in true Shark Tank fashion, I'm actually on a later episode gonna do a Copper Cow update. Oh! And I will have reviewed the lavender latte, but it'll just be a short segment. But, I yeah. love that. Yeah. Okay, All right. Deal. In, the show is evolving as you hear it. Yes. And this yes, is so, how the sausage gets made. Yeah. And it is also interesting to me that she had so many different flavors because I'll tell you what I have never seen different flavored Vietnamese iced coffee or Vietnamese coffee. I don't know if it's inauthentic in some way or she's maybe just playing to the trends in the United States where we like flavored things. But I'd be very curious to see if this is a traditional coffee thing or if it's any good. So yeah. uh, And I will say all of the reviews on Thrive are very good. Oh, bought this for camping and I love it. There you go. Uh, So a lot of the reviews are very, very good. Actually, pretty much all of them. It says another person, this is ideal for someone camping or without a fridge space. Huh, okay. So, okay, a lot of people agree with our great ideas. Um, but yeah, really, they are all they are all good reviews for the most part. So go, go get it, girl. Yeah, absolutely. Debbie. It looks like people are really into the Copper Cow Coffee. Uh, it's doing really well. I also have Fake Spot on my Amazon account. And what that is, is something that verifies the reviews because actually you might not realize it, but a lot of different companies will just hire fake reviewers to give you a bunch of reviews and that's what pumps it up and gives people five stars. But Copper Cow Coffee has an A grade from Fake Spot. Oh, fantastic. See, I, before I met Abdullah, had no idea that fake reviews were such a thing. So I'm glad to hear that this passes the test. You have, you've turned me on to the nefarious world of buying reviews. Yeah, and even though it is an A, it is a 4.1 rating. So four stars out of five, still pretty good, I gotta say, for no fake reviews. Uh, And yeah, a, a good product. I think people are really into it. The company has obviously continued to grow despite not being in business with Robert. So copper cow is a thing. Again, can't underscore how much I do like to support not only a female owned company, but uh, a first generation American owned company. And so in conclusion, I 
I think it's a very good product, but for how much I would personally use it, I, I'm definitely not giving it a thumbs down, or sorry, a fin down. Uh, it's not gonna be a hard fin up for those reasons. It's a middle fin for me. Yeah. A neutral fin. Sideways, sideways fin. fin. Somebody called a shark doctor. This shark is sideways. It's fins are point sideways. And yeah, I would say that uh, Robert maybe lost a little bit of money by not jumping in on this before it grew, mm -hmm. but good for Debbie. And thanks for the cup of coffee. Sideways fin for you too? Sideways fin for me too. Okay. All right, awesome. Enjoy your coffee, everyone. Yeah. All right, we'll uh, see you next time on Talking Tank. Bye. Bow, 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 bow.